Hey, this is Dirk Revueren from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. Welcome back once again to the Ghost Cult Magazine Podcast. I'm your host, OJ. We bring you the February edition of the Steve and Keefe Power Hour. These guys are like herpes. They keep coming back at least once a month. The metalheads, podcast nerds, they're band guys. These guys are a bunch of bald white guys that just want to tell their opinion about metal. But hey, it's February. I'll let them slide because I love them both. And also in a shameless plug, our own Steve has a new album out. Did you know that? He still plays music, not like the rest of us. <laughs> it's called Grieb Symposium. His new band, Grieb Symposium, just released their debut record, In the Absence of Light, from Church Road Records last week. Go listen to that record. Today, like right now, like after you listen to this, see if you recognize anybody else in that band. <laughs> not me, but other people that are way better than I. Welcome back to another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. It's the Steve and Keefe Power Hour. I did not come up with that name, but I'm going to ride or die on that hill. I am Keefe from GhostCultMag.com, and I'm joined, as always, on this iteration of the podcast by my dear friend and senior editor of Ghost Cult Magazine, Stephen Tovey. Very good evening to you, and uh, I hope your day has been a lovely, wonderful one. I think yours is just starting out as mine's just finishing, uh, but it's all been good. <laughs> What is time? Time is a ripple. It's a pebble in an ocean. I don't know what it is. It's just like, it's, <laughs> I have no idea. It's like a casino, no windows, no clocks, nothing matters. Uh, I'm good. Thank you. And uh, we are we are here. Happy February. Welcome to February. We've, we've blasted through the first month of the year. Holy hell. And uh, I know you have been lights out busy, both personally and professionally, and as have I. And this month just flew by. So I always I always mark February by like, oh, the Super Bowl is like in a week. Now it's like pushed back a little bit than it used to be. But I always used to say, oh, like I know the first weekend in February is always the end of the football season. Now it's in two weeks. But um, and I have no stake in that game at all. I hate the Eagles and I don't care about the Chiefs. So boo. I'm a <laughs> bad American. Now for this one. I'm making it yeah. Yeah, I mean, I live. Uh, yeah, I live in the Bay Area, so a lot of people here are, you know, huge 49ers base. That's their team, and uh, I, I was like, it's hard for me to root for them too because they're like a rival of my team. But I was like, okay, I would much prefer them to the Eagles. But the game will be good, and uh, once again, yet another year with no metal. But you really can't have metal bands play at the Super Bowl anyway. Uh, Metallica said they would never do it. They will not li- like you have to not get paid. So that's no for Metallica. They don't do anything free. <laughs> Nothing for free. Their charity thing is one thing. And then you have to like pre-record your song and lip sync. They would yeah. never, they couldn't even, I don't even think they could pull it off. They did. No. They were, they were, they were like one of the few bands that refused to do it when they were on Saturday night live. And they've never been back on the show since like load yeah. because they won't do it. So yeah, see, it's the week for that sort of stuff. I mean, with, was it Iron Maiden being nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and not being interested and not wanting to go in at all? And then you had the priest campaign for the last 20 years to get in before they finally got in. And then Maiden's like, well, yeah, yeah. pretty much a shame. And they're like, we I, don't want I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I would bet with great certainty before this pod runs, Bruce will come out against being nominated and slag them off and yeah. beg to not be on. Um, yeah, I would like Maiden should have been in 20 years ago, especially once Bruce came back in the band. He should have just, should have just been in. 
I also think Soundgarden and Raging Against the Machine should have been in. Uh, I don't really consider the White Stripes a Hall of Fame band, but Jack White is very popular and they are a popular band. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I don't know. I, I you know, we covered it. Uh, I don't like talking about the Grammys or this weekend. I don't like talking about the Grammys, but people love to be mad at whoever wins or loses. And it's the same thing with the Hall of Fame. If Maiden doesn't get in, it will be a humongous injustice. I was glad that Priest got in. I, you know, I interviewed Richie and he uh, Falcon and he was mad. He didn't want because I think he knew he wasn't going to get inducted. So he was like, I don't give a shit either way. I just want to work on the record and not. I think, not, I think, you know. Alfred, I think Rob Alfred seemed to really want to be. It was like a. Yeah. Yeah. You know. He wanted the validation and I, you know, can you blame, they've been through a lot as a band so they can, uh, you know, they can blame that, you know, they can blame, you know, I think it's good for them to like when these, when pop culture collides with metal, it's not a bad thing for metal. It's a good thing for metal. So. No, absolutely. Yeah. And everyone knows breaking the law. I would hope that Maiden will not screw it up. And because I think pretty much if you, you know, like Dolly Pardon tried to decline and they were like, you can't decline. We won't accept. And, and well, like, it's the same. Not, not turn up there, right? That's the thought. Yeah, and, and, and she had a right, the right spirit about it. She's like, I never, my husband is a huge fan of rock. And classic rock. I like rock, but I never considered I'm really a pop star and a country star, not a rock artist. But now, just because of that, I wrote a rock song to perform at the Hall of Fame and I'm going to make a rock album. I was uh, like, she had the right, you know, and I know yeah. like a lot of a lot of rock and metal people love Willie Nelson and he's enormously popular. I love Willie Nelson. I have Willie Nelson albums. Uh, does he belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ha doesn't care about boundaries. They put in, they've always put in an assortment of artists that are not rock from the very beginning. So like, it doesn't matter what I think. They want to put Willie in. He's enormously popular. He's probably going to get in. Yeah, I, I'm an absolute legend. Can't say I'm a connoisseur of, uh, of the chains, but yeah, yeah, you got respects. And uh, yeah, and I bet Snoop Dogg will induct him because <laughs> they, 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 they get high together. <laughs> so uh just just really quickly touching on you know what you know for folks that are just tuning in now when we do these pods steve and i we recap the month that was steve is the basically the guru of all of our writers and reviewers here on the at ghostcultman.com and uh i pitch in a little bit occasionally with some bibs and bobs of guidance and uh I will probably promise less reviews this year and try to do as the ones I promised to do. I'm about 50, 50 so far, one month in. So we'll see if I get better. My average was worse than that all of last year, but you know, Steve is the steward of all the albums that come through for consideration. We like to, you know, recap the month that was and forecast the month that's about to happen and come. We have a, a big Friday this week and we have a new music Friday for Bandcamp Friday this week. So I'm always excited about Bandcamp Friday, probably more so than others. I've discovered a lot of music through Bandcamp and through following Bandcamp influencers and purchasers and discovered a lot of cool bands that way. And, um, you know, just if you have any thoughts on uh, the first month of the year, so it started off a little quiet. But there were quite a few good releases and quite a few 
surprising reviews to start the year. Nothing terrible, but a lot of a lot of you know, like a lot of surprising like love for unexpected albums and EPs. Yeah, I, I think this. They like say it was a bit of a slow start in terms of first week of uh, first week of the year. Things only a couple of albums that were out, and then um, as we got through, you know, things things warmed up, and then as is traditional now, it would appear the last Friday of every month. I don't know if it's like payday Friday or the people are aiming for. Then suddenly have seven times the amount of releases than any other uh, week of the year, uh, which went. Yeah, last week was a was a particularly stacked one. But yeah, I was I was finding quite interesting um, just seeing like when we go through assigning the reviews and how we matching music to people's tastes to their you know to what they're they're looking for, looking to cover, trying to spread spread out all the the large bands amongst the team so that it's not it's not like one or two writers get all the big hits. But you always get a couple of surprising yeah um, surprising big scores that come out now or a couple of divisive. Um, albums, or yeah, I think we have a couple of, couple of writers where um, in this month, so particularly in January, where yeah, anticipating people falling in love with albums and it and it not clicking and not happening, and you know, absolutely respect that because the reviews that come back go through why and give the you know, and a very give as much objectivity as possible. So it's kind of yeah, it's always it's always, it's always fun. But the, the team is up and running. We've uh, blasted through. Well, I can't can't even figure now how many we've gone through. Uh, be over thirty, yeah, about thirty reviews in the in the month. So um, you know, up and running, um, and, uh, and and ready to go. So I think, yeah, from from my own, own takes from from January, um, I think I think that first week uh, was was all about kicking the year off with Andy Fag for me. Um, Lies they tell their children on Spire Farm and our our resident um, I don't know resident cover of the disgusting music and then random taste of pop punk and. Uh, it kind of like you know some uh, US punk stuff. Uh, Matt Cook um, delivered the goods with this one with a nice, you know, uh, nice positive review to start start the year off. Start start running. But I have to say, the the early flag, we, we were lucky enough to have that in fairly early um, this time around. We're living with it for a couple of months before release, and um, it's it's up and flying for me. It's one of my favourite albums that I've received for the first half of this year. You, you don't include the ones that have been announced that I haven't heard yet. Uh, one of keeps coming keep coming back to. It's just got. It's like. It, there's got a lot of guest guest appearances on it. Um, some really cool, strong ones um, that help, uh, and they bring out some of the flavours. So, like, um, is it Tim from Rise Against and the track that he's on? It, it helps kind of give, show the flavour of the Rise Against stuff that's on there. Um, you know, the is it Jesse from Kill Switch or another? And it kind of just just brings out there's about eight, ten songs with different guest vocals, and it just makes it seem like an album full of singles, um, which is great for me. Um, and then flipping from Andy Flag. In the first week in January, then we had uh, our, one of our biggest heavy hitters, and I use the word heavy underlined uh, with obituary, dying of everything, uh, which uh, I don't know, the, the title made me laugh. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of, kind of a bit of a, a humorous kind of tongue in cheek title. I think, you know, kind of pop, uh, taking a, a bit of a poke at some of the, the, the commentary that's around online, but also quite serious lyrically underpinning it as well around the kind of the you know, climate. We're in the state of the environment and the fact that we're you know a bit too far gone to be uh to be saving things and then we're now in a position where yeah pretty much everything out there is slowly killing us and in the kind of the, the torturous chaotic frost influence style of, of some of their riffs and um but it was i mean, I, think, I think it helps that the first track on that was a really strong opener um, and then the rest of it doesn't really let up and keeps going from there so big big fan of, of obituary 
Um, and I think that links in with what I want to cover for mainly for January. January seems to be a really strong month for death metal, for heavy, heavy stuff. Um, and I kind of had my, my head was turned uh, by quite a few releases that flew under the radar, probably in terms of like sales and, and, and big push, but that uh, you know, the team picked up on and were promoting with some, some strong reviews. So we had nothingness on uh, Everlasting's view with the super liminal album, kind of real twisted, morbid angel, Emulation style, heavy riffs on, on that one. Um, Reburied on Translation Loss, another album, Repulsive Nightmare. Um, another, another kind of, when we say things like straight ahead death metal band, it always, almost implies an install. It's not, you know, I think with Reburied, they kind of just do, do death metal in that center zone of death metal really, really well. And this seemed to be one that um, caught a few people's imagination for the attention. And then uh, Gary Alcott gave this another seal of approval um, for this one. Um, I touched on before Christmas, uh, looking ahead, I did a sneak preview of a band called Faith Extractor, and I do have an issue with their band, <laughs> just because it really annoys me. Uh, it's all one word, Faith, lowercase x, then tractor, and I can't help thinking it was like a straight edge farming machine. Um, but Faith Extractor, I do apologise for, uh, for picking on the band name. But again, uh, just really good fun, death, death metal, to be fair. Uh, big, chunky, chuggy riffs. Um, you know, uh, no, no drop-off in quality. Don't that stay as welcome. One that's you know, more than happy to obviously uh, sort of recommend and push the music, um, even if the band name does kind of read the cringe bit. But that's on, um, we've spoken before about Redefining Darkness as a label, and I think Tommy runs, runs that. It's got a, a real passion for Real passion for his band. There's not a lot of label owners do, uh, but it just seems to come across more. It seems to connect, and they, you know, they, and they, they very, very rarely miss with uh, redefining darkness. So it does bring me two more cover. Uh, one of which is another redefining darkness release, which is Seven Doors. Um, we've we've spoken about these off offline. Uh, one man, UK death metal act. And I just love this album. It's just like dirty, big, chunky. Um, yeah, straight up death metal but in the most fun way not in a reductive or dismissive way just some really really good horror themed death metal songs um yeah not trying to reinvent the wheel but a big bloody slab of horrible riffs to smack you around the head with it's great <laughs> so rip your head off and vomit down the whole sort of death metal um and i can't argue with that and then flipping to the other other side of things in a much more classy somber um refined uh, last album to cover for me, and this is this is actually over them all my favourite hour of the month. Um, and one we talked about some of our writers, you expect maybe fall in love with albums, and maybe they don't. We had uh, Chris Tipper, who we both both love as a writer, and love his taste covering the Catatonia album for us. Um, it didn't work so much for Chris. I think he, he, his feeling was the more recent back catalogue is stronger and appealed more to his his taste, and it's sat in a pocket that's sat more for him. Whereas I think. Sky Void of Stars, uh, their first for Napalm. Um, so they've been, been on, on Pixel for a long time. They've, they've changed label and they've changed their sound, um, which can often be a like an alarm bell and a bit of a worry. But I think it's it's for the best. You know, it, it's a bigger label, will give them more commercial exposure, and the songs are slicker. I, I don't think they're deliberately poppier because Catatonia have always had a, some really strong hooks in the in the songs they've done over the years. But there's a different sheen to the guitar. It's kind of a a more, I guess it's a, I don't know, it's probably a more appealing guitar sound to more people um, in a way. They've lost a slight bit of grunge from it, but they've backed it up with some of their best 
best songs, like I think it's six or seven songs on on um, Sky Five Stars that stand up there with the very best songs they've they've ever done. Um, and I think um, Jonas on the vocals has worked. He's, he's still got the same kind of traits and still kind of it's a really cool, um, I guess distinctive approach he's always had. But there's there's been further work on kind of you know. Um, perhaps simplifying, I guess, some of the choruses, some of the melodies that, and for me, it really, really shines through as a, um, as one of their strongest albums. You know, it's definitely got a selection of some of their strongest songs. And I've been with Catatonia since Brave Murder Day, and um, it's just a, a, a joy to see them do, as always, they always do. There was just something a bit different, always something they never repeat the previous album. Um, I just, yeah, I like where they've gone with it. So. Nice work. I uh, that was my January. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, hard to argue with. I, I love, I love the Catatonia, but I also accepted the criticism. It wasn't just our own guy. It was pretty universal from friends of mine and other people. Like, mm, I don't know if I love, I love this, but uh, I had heard a few of those songs live also. So I think they're, you know, they do pride themselves on slightly adapting and changing every record. So I'm not going to be too mad at them for a slight change. And again, how many bands can just stay high quality their entire career and have all flawless albums? None. So I, I, I'm, I'm still a huge fan. I thought the record was very good, not great, but very good. And I wouldn't be surprised if it still winds up in our high in our end of year voting next year. I know it's only January, although, as I always say, albums that come out in January and February seem to always get overlooked at the voting time. We'll see. Um, but yeah, and I will also just mention a little comically. I, I mentioned in a previous pod what a fan I am of anti-flag. Uh, Jesse and Tim, the Jesse Leach and Tim McElrath are on a lot like they're just like doing a, like almost the same as rappers they're popping up with a lot of features lately uh, jesse is on the brand new august burns red single which he kills because him and that singer have a definitely a little blend going on where sometimes they overlap and sometimes they go yeah. askew in a, the best possible way so i think it'd be interesting to see how many more so uh, it'd be a good uh drinking game how many more songs those guys show up on in 2023 from other bands uh but you like those records um yeah and and you know of course it goes without saying our staff knocked it out again even though it was kind of a slow january's a slow creeping march forward to a heavier release month starting this week starting the last couple of weeks uh some records that i really enjoyed for January, beside Catatonia, I love the new Black Star Riders. I did get to interview Ricky, and that's coming out on our channel on YouTube soon. And I am a, a, a you know, a fairly biased, huge Ricky Warwick fan. He's a, a wonderful songwriter. But now they've kind of changed. They have they have a new label, Earache, and they also have you know had some members leave, including Scott Gorham. So really, they're not like Thin Lizzy Jr. anymore. They're really their own thing a little more even though it still sounds like Ricky's writing at the end of the day, he's the primary songwriter and uh, just a beautiful deep record. And he's still writing. Uh, Ricky is not other than kind of personal stuff when he's not talking about his personal life, his main topics are the same stuff he's been writing about since he's been in the almighty, the troubles, politics, the human condition, how we treat people. 
And I, th these are things that resonate with me as I get older. They become even more powerful in my life as a fan. It's I, I do like, you know, if you like gnarly death metal and horror lyrics, that's great because I do too. But also, I also like stuff grounded in realism. So when I want realism, I will go to a real poet and a songwriter like Ricky. And that's not to disparage anybody else, but I'm just saying there's a time and a place for just absolute bonkers gore lyrics. And then it's like, I, and then I want black star writers, you know, with my, yeah. with my tea and my after dinner uh, chocolate. So um, black star writers, then two, re two releases that are very similar for me, uh, at least not exactly sonically similar, but new miserable experience and sightless pit are two mm -hmm. kind of offshoots of bigger bands uh, name bands that you would know, but the thing about them is that it's much more soundtracky and synth wavy, almost similar to the uh, the guys who do Stranger Things, and uh, not exactly that '80s influence. But both projects have different levels of depth that I really loved, and just music that I could go. I think I could see myself returning to these two releases the whole year through. And uh, again, these this is sort of a subgenre of a subgenre of a subgenre that I have been very attracted to the last couple of years. And uh, again, not that heavy, but heavy yeah. emotionally. And I think that's that's I like both of those those releases, and I recommend them both. And then as a band, I don't think you've ever heard of them, but this band Grief Symposium. I don't know they they might have a shot someday at making it. Um, they're pretty. Uh -huh. You might have heard, I don't think you've ever heard of them, but they are fantastic. And uh, I really love that release. I spent quite a bit of time listening to it. And uh, uh, it's pretty funny. Our, our, uh, our writer and my pal, Tim Ledden, in a recent review, picked apart the word brutal, which I thought was a fantastic track to take for a review of a heavy ass album. And he's like, we should really get rid of this word from our lexicon. It's it's in every review not just our site it's everywhere it was like i definitely leaned into it on that grief symposium review about how brutal it is because it is just unabashedly so heavy and then tim's next review is like we should, get, we should retire the word brutal from music reviewers i was like dude <laughs> in my brain i was like i'm gonna send you a message about that. I don't think it was part, it wasn't a dig, but like, I, I, you know, he's entitled, he's been writing a long time, longer than ghost cult, uh, his association with me, he's been writing for a very long time and, uh, he loves a lot of heavy music and stuff that's not heavy. So he'll tell you himself, like, you know, the word brutal can be overrated as a, uh, in a, in a, you know, a modifier. So, uh, but yeah, I was a big fan, uh, in the absence of light on church road records, the very fine and great people over at church road, becoming one of those labels you literally can count on to have nothing but good releases. I've yet to hear a, 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 a weak release from that label yet. So clearly they have, not only are they music makers themselves and in an important band, if you know their story, but they have their ear to the ground of what's coming next. And I really dig that. Uh, that's cool. And actually just on, I'll, I'll jump forward just slightly into February, the uh, Narrowhead album that comes out um cool sort of 90s uh grunge post grunge whatever we're adding are we allowing post grunge i guess everything's post now that's fine it was grunge but <laughs> they've done some different stuff with it um <laughs> but yeah the new narrowhead album is out uh 10th of feb on church right now really impressed with that actually um i think uh they've got a good good shout good shot sorry of uh winning quite a few people over with this one so so i'll jump in as you were 
church roading. <laughs> I'm in a church road all day long and uh, they have yet to let me down. And there's a fewer labels like that, Riding Easy for your stoner rock and psychedelic rock. And uh, you mentioned Redefining Darkness. I love Tommy's bands. He's got a great ear. Um, oh, what's the one that I really like from the Midwest that has the traditional heavy metal? It's... Um, I'm just going to slip my brain right now, but uh, yeah, there's a few out there who are really, you can hang your hat on. If you, I know there's a culture of metal fan, especially metal where like if a label they like has a release, they'll at least check it out if not buy it. So that's, that's no, powerful. It, it, no, definitely. And it always reminds me like you think back to, you know, I think um, that always, it was, it was almost like it becomes a cult, you know, you have that core following and, uh, and what happens that I like is maybe turn they will start with a, the core sound like it, right? You know, there was a lot of uh, grind and death on there, but the the devotees trust them, and they'll sprinkle in different things and they'll go different directions with it. And like you know, so like I think with you know with I was trying to think which you know where, where we yeah yeah some so many death metal then start branching out into oh, actually we have a bit of melodic death and we we'll have some black metal and we'll have some bits and then the fans have to go with them I think with uh, yeah, with, with Church Road and with uh, Thrill Jockey and with some of those other labels they start to have such a diverse kind of roster but yet there's still a core people that will trust them and will go from the grungier stuff to the death metal stuff where they might not necessarily have gone to either end uh, if it if it wasn't for the yeah where they were being released from. But mm. It's good. It's interesting. Yeah. The, it, the it, it, it depends as well as to which labels do what and, and to whether they focus on a style or whether they kind of just go for quality. So, yeah. Nice. The label I was thinking of is Wise Blood Records. I just like slipped my brain for a minute. Uh, that's the record that I, the label from the Midwest that I love with the traditional heavy metal and stoner rock. And then, you know, of course, there's other, you know, 3-1-G we talk about often, and uh, Tank Crimes is celebrating 20 years as we record this today. So, like, yeah, there's a lot of underground labels. You're not really supposed to have favorites. I wouldn't say it colors my personal view of the bands or the releases, but I'm just saying in terms of consistency, if you're looking for something you like a certain subset of a genre or something and a label caters to that, you might want to just heart, heartily support them. And I'm all for it. Well, I think you were probably the same as me. Like, yeah, growing up, I mentioned here, right? Um, maybe even UK based, it was more of a thing, but Peaceful was absolutely definitely a thing for mid early mid nineties. Anything that was on Peaceful, I was I was interested in looking for it. Then we had the growth and the birth of uh, Nuclear Blast and Century Media, talking through the mid nineties, and you, you you did used to get drawn to labels. I think it kind of seemed for me anyway. Maybe it was me rather than labels drift away a bit throughout the first don't know, first fifteen years or so of the century. But it definitely seems to come back with some. Some labels with real strong identities now. Um, Eurolands. Yeah. Cool. Do we want to, since you already mentioned Narrowhead, do we want to move into February and uh, share your picks for Feb your predictions and your picks, your forecast uh, for cool. the month of February? I've been trying to be good. I think last time around, uh, we did December and I got carried away and I'm doing my planning for January. And I, did, I kind of almost did January's review in December. Um, so I've been better this year, this, uh, this year already. Like, 30 days, 33 days into it. Um, we better this year about not listening too much ahead. Um, but yeah, so most of the stuff that I've talked about, I've heard a track or two, but I've tried to stay out of the full albums with. Um, but these are the ones that, yeah, we get excited. Um, did want to start by mentioning just cool things coming out um, to put on the radar. 
it's uh, I presume it's still pronounced Marvel, even though there's an M now over the A. Um, but they're celebrating their 20th anniversary with a double decade final set, uh, basically a, a run of their greatest hits, uh, hard to find B-sides, deleted tracks and stuff like that. And they're not necessarily bound at the top of, you know, most people's minds or along the way, but I think you're hard pushed to have a, a less fun hour, hour plus than sticking out on, to be fair. I think, you know, what they've done over their career, they've got so many great tracks and to have them all sort of gathered together with a few rarities and exciting different bits and bobs in there. So just signpost to, yeah, Marvel Double Decade on the sign records. Um, just wanted to do my usual little exposure to some of the sounds of the underground, which I can never say without thinking of Girls Aloud singles from 15 odd years ago. But um, a few, few bits from under the under the surface um, to kind of just, just to highlight. Uh, we've got an album coming up this month on Transcending Obscurities, another label that have a very strong hit rate. Uh, they always always seem to produce the goods. Predominantly a Death Than Grind label, but this is their dipping the toe in the, the mellow black kind of field with Frozen Dawn. Um, bits I've heard really remind of, of bands like Dissection, a bit of Old Man's Child and things like that, and uh, quite excited about hearing the full length of that. So we'll see how that, that goes. Again, harking back to the early 90s, uh, post-second wave sort of stuff. But, uh, we bringing in the the Iron Maiden alongside the the blackened metal bits looks good. Um, I think uh, Cadaver Shrine uh, featuring our uh, names to come out from uh, Northern Tongues, um, but Doom Death album um, coming out later this month. Um, horrible, yeah, good, disgustingly horrible. Um, more leaning into the doom um, and sort of some yeah, crushing slabby riffs um, alongside the death, but. Could have a shrine, and then carrying on. I don't know. I said last when we did our roundup last year. I thought last year was quite quiet for death metal stuff. When the year before it had been quite loud. This is loud. By February, so shout out names that albums coming out this month: uh, Spectral Souls and Hammerheart, Dead Soul Alliance, uh, Body Farm, on Edge Circle, and Back to Redefining Darkness for Wretched Fate. And I know that's a bit of a priority release for them, but just. Those albums just all, all delivering the goods, um, all horrible stuff. But those aren't the, the main picks. That's just getting some names out there for those of you that like the heavier, more underground stuff. I think um, I think February's got an interesting mix of um, upcoming and established bands um, that are really kind of caught caught the eye. And so the start of the month, uh, we've got All Out War, um, Metallic, Hardcore, Heavy, Heavy uh, album out, Celestial Rock, that's called. Um, I like what I've heard from that. I've been holding off. I haven't heard of the new Memoriam yet, but always a fan. Um, you know, I love Carl Willits, an absolute vocal hero. I have been lucky enough for him to have guested on, on a previous life, a previous album that um, I was on. But their fifth album, I think Rise to Power, I think it's the fifth, yeah, um, is out uh, this week on, on Reaper. But they've been on a good run. You know, I think their, their first album was strong. Uh, albums three and four were really, really strong. So I'm looking forward to hearing what the the, the, the vibe is they're, they're experimenting and mixing it up a little bit. I've done four albums of pretty much straight up ultra benediction kind of, you know, uh, cross-tinged, deathier stuff. So I'd be interested, really interested to see what they, they're doing, um, stretch, their, stretch their wings. Different drummer this time around as well. I think it's an opportunity to, to try a few different things. Then coming into the rest of the month, so talking about established acts, we've got a new Inflames album uh, coming out. The singles have gone down really well. Um, 
it's weird how it works because I don't know if they'd have heard the Halo Effect before they wrote their album, but I wonder if it's sparking a little bit of competition, perhaps, you know? <laughs> and they seem to be responding with the turns the more heavy metal side of things without sacrificing. They've not been the the catchiness, they've not been the, the, the electric, from what I've heard from the singles, but they definitely seem to be a bit more metal and the gesture is back in all of the kind of the, the promo stuff. So, you know, can't argue there. Um, Another divisive one, um, Delane. I like what I've heard from it. I know others that don't. Um, first one without um, Charlotte as a, as a vocalist. So very iconic, very kind of well-established um, focal point for the band. Same songwriters in the main, but different. I'm hearing it sounds, it sounds a little bit kind of, I don't know, mm. I wouldn't want to say happier or popular, but a different different slant to it. A kind of, uh, but I'm interested to see how the album goes. Yeah, the singles are... are of interesting, I, I like him. You know, I know you've gone from cadaver shrine or horrible to delay, but you know, you've like you said earlier, you've got to have, uh, you've got to have something to go with your, with your cocaine. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, um, but I've got a couple more to kind of, um, to, to go. I think the big, the big one for this month for me, um, is the Hell Ripper album out on Peace for the Move Across the Peace Phil, um, Warlock's Grim and Weathered Hags, which is a great. Great album title. Uh, one man, um, speed, thrash, black, heavy metal band from uh, from Scotland and smashing it. Um, loved the first album, The Affair of the Poisons, which was kind of like midnight without the the profanities and uh, what's the word, rough edges. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that you know, the, the, the lead off track suggested they're kind of a, a bit more of a refinement and lengthening of the, of the songs but i've only heard the one track so far um very very keen on that all is getting a lot of praise a lot of hype um i haven't got in on that one yet i know the you know the discord and technical kind of heavy underground stuff um they've gone for an interesting approach as well of it's not a double album they're releasing two albums simultaneously um so again very interested i think one of them's supposed to be quite an experimental attempt and the others a bit more in line with their usual uh, stuff and i'll finish off with just two more i know i've babbled for ages so you can tell it's only four weeks in february but a lot of stuff coming out um sitting in the uk at the moment there's a lot of lot of buzz and a lot of interest in uh, the self-titled death pill album on new heavy sounds uh punk bands uh, very interesting how that goes again the singles of interested um i'm looking forward to hearing the full length um, it's sitting in the inbox, but I've been very good and not listened to it yet. And from a personal point of view, I couldn't resist. I've gone in and listened to the new Insomnia album. I will save my views for probably for next month, which may be a slight spoiler, but I've been with this weirdly. I'm not doing that. Like, I don't know if the demos are true cult uh, thing, but I have been with Insomnia since their first demo uh, way back, way back in the 90s. Um, and always interested in what they're up to. So that's Anno 1696 um, due out at the end of Feb, along with about 800 releases on the 24th of Feb. So either save your money up or just stream the shit out of our stuff on that day. Don't they work? Yeah. It's very heavily loaded, um, which is, you know, bizarre, but also like, okay, fine, cool. You know. Um, by the way, we had like definitely a ton of overlap on that February, but that's not <laughs> unexpected. I have already listened to the Insomnium. I also love that band. I always have, and they never 
have let me down. So very excited for that new release. Ulthar is a band that also, I am not going to begin to try to pronounce those two album titles that are, it's a you know, sort of a double album with a similar name and uh, I'm not going to embarrass myself and try to pronounce some weird Latin thing, but they are insane, I think possibly. And they, they also should be, you know, because of the music they make, they can't be bigger that, you know, they're not going to have a commercial breakthrough as a, as an underground band, but they should, they deserve to be heard. So I don't know what it would take for them to get any larger, but it'd be cool if they did. Um, uh, interested in the band Oak, which is an offshoot of Guerra from on the season to mislabel. Oak is kind of their death doom side project of their black metal band. Uh, black and death doom, maybe. Um, I'm going to say that I like Avatar enough to be interested into what their new album sounds like on their first record with their own label as an offshoot of the 30 Tigers label out of Nashville. But Black Waltz is their own imprint now, and they claim they're going to put out other bands and other projects beside Avatar. I like what I heard. They put out a lot of singles, like almost half the record is out already, basically as a single series of singles. Um, but also, like, I'm interested to hear the rest and see how it sits as a whole. And they're always, I will say that Avatar is a band that I've always enjoyed much more live than sit around and re-listen to their albums. But their, li their live stream series that they did during the pandemic convinced me of the depth of their songwriting then. So I'm interested to see now what they do. Uh, also on my list, let's see, I had, where is it? I just lost my I lost my spot. Nope. It's none of those. All right. Um <laughs> lost my place, but that's fine. I you know, I also um host is a side project from Paradise Lost that I'm again the synthy goodness that I can't get enough of. And uh, if any, the host is a little more snappy and catchy and uh joy division post-punk influenced a little like killing joke influenced if you will so it's really i i'm rather enjoying all these paradise lost branches um even if you want to count nick with bloodbath uh i think it's uh you know rather great that that band has the freedom to kind of do whatever they see fit and you know hop around um you mentioned Hell Ripper. I will mention, and you mentioned, the, let's talk about Those Damn Crows on Earache also. Uh, yeah. uh, was an up and coming kind of rising rock band. And then they kind of circled the wagons to write this new record. I, I have not listened to it yet, but I'm interested to hear it because they were kind of getting very hype for a couple of years. And then the pandemic kind of derailed them. Big fan of the first album. I think I did it in my top 20. Um, Probably the only writer and our stuff that did, but I didn't myself to anyone when it came out. No, very good, interesting when they're actually good vocals as well, very strong vocals. And then maybe for two more, let's talk about Hammerhead, which is the thrashy technical death metal band. Uh, not extra, exactly thrash or exactly death metal. They're like a revocation. They walk in a lot of worlds. They actually have the talent level to be mentioned in the same breath as revocation to me, which is a high compliment. And so I'm interested in that record. I like their underground stuff. Big Brave is a, another thrill jockey one. Um, 
you know, usually can't get enough of them. Uh, I don't know what you would even call they bi- They make big, brave music. It's hard to put a genre tag on them, right? Uh, yeah. It's it's avant-garde. It's difficult. It makes you uncomfortable. It's not brutal, but then it kind of feels like you listen to something brutal. Um, Got to go with the Japanese band Love Bites. Uh, always fun. Uh, they're kind of the less popular baby metal, but they're a little more skilled and actual instrumentalists. Um, and then Venomous Concept, which is sort of the grindcore death metal hardcore band coming out i think it's the second release ever on decibel magazine's record label and uh i'm just fascinated that they called their album the good ship lollipop which is just you know makes me think of this song from the 30s and 40s the shirley temple song and that's like i don't know if that's uh, clearly meant to be some kind of weird in joke and uh yeah you know without you know i think uh March is five weeks of albums. So if we just ran through a litany of records and stuff to discuss, and I'm sure there's others, uh, there's others we could have talked about. And and there's some I'm not interested in, just just don't hold interest for me, that maybe other people would be like, you left out Steel Panther. It's like, I don't look to Steel Ooh. Panther to satisfy me. You know, like I appreciate them and what they do. They're not for me to, I don't sit around and listen to their records. I liked all the hair metal and glam rock already. So the, the I don't get the joke, but uh, yeah, man, March is also like nuts. So we have a lot to do next month. <laughs> well, I, think, no, I think it says, and we, we both picked up pretty two different albums each week um, to, to talk through. And it's interesting you talk about the Big Brain Fund because um, you mentioned albums that come out earlier. You don't always get circled back in when it comes to the, the polls at the end of the year. I think the Big Brave album is the album I've had the most pictures and requests for from the from the team to cover. The one that was the hardest to, to assign to. Um, and we got uh, Reza Mills on it. And very, very, very much looking forward to to really take on, on it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting to see because they're, they're a band that I've not really paid too much attention to. And then to have probably half our team say, ah, oh, yes, I really want that one. So hang on, I'm, I'm obviously missing something. Okay. I'm mildly surprised you didn't say Paramore because um, I know there's a lot. I'm pleased and excited that they're back, but I have to be honest with you. I have not enjoyed one of these singles at all. No, no, the, the first one is okay. I have not been shy about this opinion, by the way. It's not a hot take. It's like, I'm just like, you know, make the music you want to make. They can do whatever they want. They've laid down their legacy already. Haley is a wonderful singer. I actually went to see her as a fan for her solo project when she broke up with the band. And I'm, I think it's good that Paramore is back. And I think it's good that they're going to be doing these huge tours this record, if these three songs are an indication of the direction of the record and maybe their future music, I have no interest. But like, I would love to see them go, you know, play live somewhere. If I happen to be somewhere they're at, at a festival or something and they're playing, I could definitely see them playing Riot Fest in Chicago this year, which I'm already thinking about maybe going to. But this, yeah, like I dislike two of the three singles. Tremendous. I was like, oh, these are not good to me, but I have a feeling like anything they put out is going to land with a lover of the band. And so that's already the basis of, you know, probably I suspect a lot of the reviews are going to be gushing from the world. So they don't need me in their camp. 
Rant <laughs> over. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a weird one for me. And I was very selfish with my picks. I think I broke down as you probably tell, talking about Frozen Dawn and Cadavish Shrine rather than Paramore. Um, but I, they've oddly been a band that uh, I've never been massively fussed. I mean, singles in the, you know, whenever it was, I guess it would have been the late 90s, uh, no, no, late 90s, late noughties, uh, mid late yeah. 90s. Yeah, cool. Um, always on Kerrang TV, Scus TV. They're, they're, they're fine, but never, yeah, yeah. never really been yeah. fast. Um, but uh, the good thing for me is we had a couple of rights coming really strong and really early for us to cover it. So I haven't had to listen to the side on that side. It's like, yeah, fine, cool. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you, you, you and I are both too old to be emos. I appreciate some <laughs> of those emo bands or the emo phases of bands that kind of graduated to other things, AFI, Alkaline Trio, Rise Against to an extent. I, I'm i much more, I, I would say like we didn't talk about it, I'm much more interested to see what the Blink-182 album is going to be based off the one song that sounds like every other song they've ever made. And, <laughs> and, and both like immature, these 50-year-old guys are making immature, still making like immature sex jokes as their song lyrics yeah. and titles. I'm much more excited about a Blink-182 album than a Paramore record. I never would have thought that was going to happen. I was happy to you, Keith. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, done. I'm done. I'm done for. I, just, uh, I didn't think when we, we started yeah. doing this, uh, this podcast a year ago, we'll be talking Blink-182. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is fair of me to ask. Just really quick as we start to wind this up, I want to let you get to bed. Um I don't remember what the high number was for a month of reviews for us last year, but I know that there's a couple of weeks in April and June that are like two, we're not possibly going to review 200 releases in a month, let alone a week, but there's a couple of weeks this spring. And I think I was hoping as we talked about our year end podcast, not too long ago, I was hoping that like things would normal out and space out spread out uh, on the release schedule this year, but it doesn't see, it doesn't feel like it so far. No, um, I think, you know, looking, we, got, we said, yeah, 24th of March, uh, 24th of March, 24th of February is, is round. I think it's about 30, 30 releases that we could cover um, out that week. A couple of weeks, it seems to be every couple of weeks. Um, and then 10th of March is ridiculous as well. But again, we're probably looking 20, 30 releases that we could be shortlisted down. 24 from what's, yeah, it seems to be a bit of a weird rolling pattern that every, every two weeks we have about 20 to 30. Because, yeah, we won't get too into it, but looking at the 24th of March, you've got August Burns Red, Baby Metal, Dawn Raid, Gatekeeper, Isan, Keeper Callison, Lamp of Murmur, Liturgy, uh, Neoblivious Scarus, how do you pronounce that? Saxon, Subway to Sally, um, yeah, and that's just scanning through until <laughs> one day. The Grand Royal, uh, yeah. So you know, and and not everything has been announced yet. I think things are still getting announced. Not for March at this point. Maybe late March, but early April. I've been I've gotten hints of things that are coming later in the year, so that I know. And I still think we might be getting that surprise Slipknot album. And like their deal is up with Roadrunner on on April the first. And I would not be surprised if at midnight on the second they dropped that album because they've <laughs> they've been just holding it in with their hatred, which is a shame because we you know even though we don't always get can't always say I we've gotten the you know we've gotten decent support from Roadrunner slash Electra slash Warner so I'm not casting aspersions on them I don't know what Slipknot signed a very unfavorable long term deal with them 
And, you know, they were aching to get out of it and they could not get let go of it because they are one of the biggest bands in the world. And why would you let them go unless you had to? But uh, it seems like there's some spite in their words when Clown writes about getting free. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they and it's not going to be like the end so far or even the last one. Uh, I think it's going to be like a very avant garde weird even more left turn than the last one. So I'm excited for a new potential Slipknot record so soon after the last one. Um, anything to piss off their fans, which will be great. Uh, and on and on that note, uh, unless you have anything, any final thoughts, I'm I'm ready to let you have let you back to your family for another thirty days. <laughs> no, it's good. It's all good. Uh, but no, just yet. Um, it, it's funny because. Thinking back, it's only about a month, yeah, a few weeks back. It was all quiet, and no one was releasing records. And we we're thinking, I might even listen to that um, Amberian Dawn ABBA covers album. There's not much new stuff, and I didn't, which is quite unusual for me. In years gone by, now it's like poof, yeah. just about on top of everything, but it, it feels full throttle, which is good. I, that's what you'd like, you know. What I mean, I said, yeah, fit the 30, 40 albums every week that um, you'll find something to get into but I, I like to think that we're signposting and pushing people towards some of the ones that it may save you know save some time by hitting them first <laughs> and there it is uh once again as always man it's a pleasure and thanks for all the great work and thanks to the staff for all their great work and uh we are we are firing on all cylinders as we head into month two of 2023 so thank you for everything and uh, we'll do it again soon See you next month. See you next month. Take care. This has been another episode of the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. Check us out at ghostcultmag.com and follow our socials at Ghost Cult Mag. Until the next time, peace.